come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutchtown to Southside From Penrose to Northside, from Benton Park to Old North to West End to West Side We bless when we step out, we stand down, rise up, stand together, wise up this is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. In this week's episode, our Stitchcast has a conversation about overcoming trauma and reflect on where did it all start. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers. Hello everybody under the sound of my voice I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitch Cast Studio I'm your host Brandon Lewis Accompanied by several members of our Stitch Cast What's the word fam? What's up? Yeah, let's get it Hey, hey, hey What's up? Alright, so that being said We've done a lot of podcasts on um, you know, mental health and trauma And the thing about trauma is that it's such a big topic That you can hit it a couple times Without running into stuff that was said previously And so today we want to get into the origins of trauma This podcast is called Where Did It All Start? So uh, y'all let's open it up with What is your definition of trauma? What, what, is, what is trauma to you? Trauma to me is something that you block off In order to stop your healing process Because you don't want to go through Whatever it is that you need to move forward Phil, Phil. Um, Trauma for me would have to be Things that you have been through, experienced, or seen, or witnessed, and it's something there that you are holding on to that you can't let go or don't know how to let go just yet. So it's trauma, traumatic things, events that happen. Mm. I would say for me, trauma basically means something that's happened to you that you suppress that is, in a sense, uh, stuck somewhere in your body or stuck somewhere in your mind or your, your subconscious. Mm, I would say probably like like a deep cut into your uh, your personality and your, something that you won't forget. Yeah, I piggyback off of bro. It's something that happened to you in life that you won't ever forget. For sure, for sure. Trauma. I don't want to say that it's subjective, even though we use it subjectively. But experts have different but similar definitions for what trauma is. So I'll read the closest thing to an accurate definition of trauma that we have, which is uh, trauma is a response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope, causing feelings of helplessness, uh, diminishes their sense of self and their ability to feel the full range of emotions and experiences. Trauma does not discriminate and it is pervasive throughout the world. Uh, meaning nobody's immune from being traumatized. Everybody can be traumatized. No exemptions. Facts. Regardless of how good you think somebody else got it, there's a uh, chance that they're being traumatized. So, um, one of the uh, things that was said in the definition was uh, that it blocks your ability to feel a full range of emotions. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, right. like there's okay. certain emotions that right. you can't feel when you traumatized. So, okay. what's something that y'all found yourself not being able to feel when traumatized, or what's something that that uh, or have you ever felt uh, desensitized? I would say. One of the things that I noticed in me when I was in that space was that naturally when someone smiles at you or they are excited, you reflect that within you. When someone did that towards me, like felt happy or smiled or things like that weren't were in, in situations where I would usually smile back or respond back with like kind, I would more so fight myself on the ability to do so. 
so like fight myself to be vulnerable enough to have a smile back or uh to be in a space of joy because of something that may have happened so so i would say sweeping everything under the rug because you don't really know the effects that everything have onto you until it kind of all just pile up on each other and then you like oh well this affected me that affected me but then once you get to a point where you just sweep everything under the rug you kind of like you're immune to it you just numb to it until somebody triggers it and you like now you've exploded everywhere oh so what about y'all uh i feel like it's same thing with her uh i just sweep it under the rug and just try like make it seem like it's not that big of a deal than what it really is what makes it uh hard to um confront things that have traumatized you i guess somebody not being a listening ear i'll say that or trying to explain something to somebody that don't really understand what you're going through and they try to i would probably say gaslight it into oh it's not that bad or somebody else's trauma is you know worse off than your situation hmm. me personally i just prefer not to you know what i'm saying be so vulnerable with people mm-hmm. it takes time one and then two that's like giving them a key, you know what I'm saying? So I feel that. I'm, I'm glad you said that. A, because I think that that's a very accurate answer. And B, because a lot of trauma experts would say that that's actually a response to being traumatized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't so, want somebody to feel like they have a one up on you, like yeah. when you uh, when they know a certain thing that's like vulnerable to you. For sure, for sure, for sure. I think mm-hmm. it's hard for me. Well, it has been hard. It's not hard no more. But trying to explain to you how you hurt me or how you traumatized me and you don't want to take ownership of that or you want to throw the blame somewhere else. So it's kind of like, why are we talking? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just take that deal with it. But I feel like that's that's one reason why a lot of people that are alike in that way kind of just blow it over. Like, you don't really care as much as I care. Like she said, you know, gaslighting, it's not that big of a deal. But honestly, I feel like like trying to change that, it would be a simple, okay, I did this, I accept what I did, I apologize, let's move forward. Not all people are like that. Like, yeah, for sure. It sounds easier said than done, but not all people give you that at all. Must do. I agree with that. And I, th- I think a lot of people have a hard time with that because let's say you come to me telling me that I hurt you, right? I traumatized you, right? To me, that says first I did something that was so messed up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That it had such an effect on you. And the first thing that the person that you're telling that to has to deal with is, am I a bad person? Yeah. Or did I do a bad thing? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And most people in the deepest parts of themselves don't want to believe that they bad people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we have a habit of like altering memories to make the reality a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To make it easier to live with, you know what I'm saying? If I know I did something that was messed up or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I find a way to justify it within myself, mm-hmm. then it's easier for me to live with myself going forward. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And so people have a hard time, you know what I'm saying? Like dealing with the fact that first I messed up. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because first of all, like if somebody tells you you hurt them, you don't you don't have the authority to say, No, I didn't. That's right, because like, that's how that's mm-hmm. what I'm telling you you yeah. did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't you, tell me how to feel exactly. about what you did. 
And you can't tell me how to react to your action. Most definitely. And that just be reality. People yeah, can. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people just don't know that. And I think that's one problem with parents in general when it comes to our kids. Mm-hmm. Kids have feelings. They have a lot of feelings. For sure. And parents, I, I don't know, all parents are just parents in general. Well, you can't feel like that. You got this and that, and I do this and that for your time. They can. For sure. And parents, we just got to learn to listen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Most definitely. times. And they go back to what we was just talking about with, you know, feeling like you hurt somebody. Yep. or feeling like you messed up. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the exact same thing, just kind of in a different in no, a different form, thing. you know what I'm saying? So you, so like, you mean to tell me I'm doing, I'm working this hard, I'm doing yep. X, Y, Z, and I still messed up somewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what do you mean? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for sure, that's a hard thing for, uh, for some people to stomach. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's that time again. Time for another Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right, it's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitches original piece entitled "We Cope." They soar like eagles. They sing like crows, and they hawk through our streets. As daylight sings, darkness sings his bitter song. Children playing in the streets, their older siblings out hot in the heat. Mama trying to tell them to cool down, but they won't listen until they hear mama scream. The sniffles from her nose, riots out of control. R.I.P. and B on clothes. Police can hardly gain control on TV like a show. But they only show when fools are being made and not the making of greatness. You see, his death is not in vain. New voices have rearranged a chain of events and for once we're slowly starting to see change. Badges next to cameras, cameras next to temple. Now you don't have to be a scholar to think twice before squeezing your chopper or at least we'd hope. To cope with the pain of still some still tope. You see, his death was not in vain, but some still cope. So they shoot at the sky. Because hell is too hot. And fire is without reason. So those bullets still soar. They sing like crows. And they hawk through our streets. Night is today. As bitter is to sweet. As we sleep. Pistols breach the integrity of all communities. Broken unity calls for broken relationships, which brings broken people. More trauma as time passes, more than one would ask, more than one wants to see, and more than we were taught to speak. So lonely nights he thinks about MB, how he wants to change this contradicting system, not just the laws, but the people that come with them. But then he remembered that he's a felon with every right but the one to use his voice. So back to hiding behind his tote, he goes with words choked out of his throat. Now his heart's too cold to provide tears for his eyes to cope. Back to prison or at least they'd hope. So they still soar. They sing like crows and they hawk through our streets. As daylight peaks, Darkness still sings songs that are bitterly sweet. Those who can see and have the courage to speak have helped us continue our journey where we hope to find peace. Mike Brown's death didn't just show us that there is a gun problem in the police force, but in our communities where little kids are forced to grow up faster than they should, 
Let these senseless acts of violence encourage you to be the change that you want to see. Do it for the ones that cannot, the ones that want better, even the ones that don't know better. Because I would do it for all four of my friends who were shot and killed in 2018. And three of the four will never get to see 21. And here I am, 22, wishing they could see it. Wishing we didn't have to grow up so fast. Wishing we could have grew up outside of the system. But they still soar. They sing like crows and they hawk through all streets. When night turns to day, I hope that every blind eye can see how high death sings and why mama screams. Thank you. But while we're talking about parenting, how do y'all feel like y'all um, upbringing affected who you are today and how you deal with trauma? I think for me, one of the things that uh, my upbringing really brought to my attention now that I look back on it is the inability to be able to uh, feel uh, full range of emotions because that makes me feel soft. <laughs> like not being able to uh, experience sadness or be able to even uh, be frustrated or even be able to express myself in ways that would to some people seem unsightly it caused me to in a lot of ways uh, demonize those parts of myself and anytime those emotions erupt I would harshly put a pass of judgment on myself not to feel that way mm -hmm. and at the same time feel mixed feelings when someone else felt that way so a, a sense of release when I noticed someone else is able to do that mm -hmm. or a, a sense of uh, judgment like how dare you feel that way that I'm not allowed to feel myself but then at the same time one of the things I utilize to is to escape or to cope is watching some stories and movies where people are able to feel the way that I can't feel that I'm not allowed to feel so Within that's why a lot of people go towards, you know what I'm saying, leaning towards the villains in the movie and everything like that because they represent the part of yourself that your parents in a lot of ways have told you not to feel or yeah, express or yeah. even try to understand. For mm -hmm. sure, for sure. And I think this, this is a good moment to say that, uh, like you, you'd be surprised at how many people just need to hear certain things. Mm -hmm. So this is the moment to say where nobody has the right or the authority to take away your right to feel anything. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what it is, you know what I'm saying? And even if you have a trauma response to something such as hiding certain emotions, you're justified to feel how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you went through, it was messed up. You know what I'm saying? And you're right to feel like you, the, the way you feel. You know what I'm saying? Right. Is that the most productive way to feel? I don't know. That's a different conversation. But at the very least, you get to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, I know like a lot of the boys and maybe girls too. I don't, I, I don't know because I wasn't raised like a girl. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like I know for a lot of the men, you right. We there was a there was like a, a real limit on how much we was allowed to cry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or or complain or feel any emotion that wasn't like a masculine emotion like right. anger or something like that you know what i'm saying any type of emotion that was considered soft or whatever it was a cap on how much of that that we were allowed to feel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is like i said and i had to realize this for myself you can't tell me how to feel mm -hmm. and 
when I allow you to tell me how to feel, I'm giving you permission to dictate my emotions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You power. don't decide how I feel. I decide how I feel. Exactly. Power. You know what I'm saying? So that's giving power to the to the people that contribute to your trauma. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like for example, abusers, their power is in the victim's silence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 if I'm an abuser, I'm only as strong as I could be so long as the people that I'm abusing aren't making it known mm-hmm, that I'm doing what it. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know that's, what I'm saying? That's real. And the thing mm-hmm. about it is that for people that get abused, the most common trauma response it's is to violence. be quiet. Yeah. 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 And with that, I feel like that goes into the whole aspect of a lot of people being uh, who have been through a lot of trauma responses are really good listeners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and they go by names like empath and things like that is that they were taught more to receive things, whether it was beatings, different things of that nature, all that and just be able to listen. And not be able to express how they felt about what they were listening to or what was happening to them. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Most of. I think the childhood of minds and how it shaped my trauma and how I deal with things now. Like when we say desensitized, I'm very much so desensitized with almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, except for my kids. And I could be honest, probably like 10% I'm desensitized. Like how you said growing up as a boy, you only allowed to do so much crime. I feel like that's for all my kids. Mm-hmm. Girls, boy, we're not doing all that crime. Like talk about it, figure it out. Cause I feel like that was one thing I did as a kid. I cried a lot, but nobody asked me what I'm crying for. So I really just cry and crying and crying. And then like with the trauma situations growing up, it made me feel like Nobody is to be trusted, like, mm-hmm. nobody, like, not even a pastor at the church, like, nothing, <laughs> not to teach at the school, not to neighbor next door, because nobody, so then it was like, you show to yourself, you, self-isolation is a big thing for me, I, I will self-isolate so fast, like, so fast, and therapy is a good thing to do, I feel, personally, but, like, trauma, just to express it and sure. get it out, I mean, you got to find the right therapist, of course. And then it's like, um, you know, family, good family, I could say. It's not all family is good family. But family that you can have around to keep you level-headed or to balance you out. or I feel like that's important, too. And, you know, I feel like everybody need one friend. And I got, like, two friends in this whole world, literally two friends. One male, one female. And they balance me out. I got that sister advice, the brother advice, the we talk about traumatic stuff, we go to the rage room, we just break stuff, scream, yell, write everything on the plate, break it, we release it. And I feel like the trauma that we deal with as kids, teenagers, we don't know how to cope with that that young. Mm. So I feel like us as you know, 24 year olds, 22, 23, youth, I feel like we need to teach them how to do it because if not they gonna be messed up like a lot worse than us because we only yeah. a reflection of our parents and what we've been through and what they took us through these kids got a lot more that they see outside of just their parents <clears throat> between yeah. technology school going to the gym going to the drop out drop in center you know anywhere they see everything they deal with everything and i feel like too the way the parents talk to us growing up yeah traumatizing and I, I figured out the cycle, which we talked about last time. The cycle, mine's is yelling. Mm. 
So my kids shut down. Oh shoot, mama finna start yelling. And then I have to catch myself like, you're not responding how I need you to respond. You shut down. So that curse, I'm trying to break it. It was fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma made me a fighter. For sure. But then my kids, so I gotta right, soften right, up right. then my babies. Yeah. Trauma yeah. fighter. Trauma definitely yeah. puts you in survival mode. Yeah. I would definitely say that because I think a big aspect of my childhood was definitely like daddy issues. I feel like that brung out a lot of things like abandonment issues, people pleasing and mm -hmm. so forth. Like it's just so much that just go into that one topic and that just makes you the type of person that you are. Like messing with so many people or not trying to be touched by people, not trying to trust anybody because you feel like they finna leave you once you tell them a certain thing or everybody just finna leave anyway. So I might as well self-sabotage this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't feel like I'm being left alone or anything like that because in my defense my survival mode i always be like oh well i'm gonna leave this person before they leave me mm -hmm. so i'll be like yeah that's what do, you, yeah. what do you do to uh counteract it or do you do anything to counteract it i mean i've been going to therapy trying to figure out what it actually is so i could try to process it and work through it but I think to this day, I still do self-sabotage a lot of things. And like the people that love me, care about me, they recognize it, they see it, they know, because I, I can't take accountability for the things that I do too. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I do try to push people away that I love and stuff, they catch on to it. And they like, okay, well, let's reel it back in. Let's right. see what it is that you're actually doing. Full like, do you circle. really want to do this right now? Right. And it kind of gives me time to figure out what it is that I actually want and stuff like that, so. Agree yeah, 100%. Yeah. I self sabotage a lot. Yeah. And this to easy, you could just say, I'm finna mess this up right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. this is going too good. Yeah. We gotta cut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'd be sad and mad, but you did it. Exactly. Yeah. When I was talking, it brought up a quote that my, my mentor had told me. He said that you come out the womb looking like your parents and you die looking like your habits. And he, he said that and I like going going into what we're talking about, about trauma and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Trauma triggers a habit because a habit is triggered by some type of trigger, a cue. So when you when you have inherited the traumas from your parents or inherited trauma because of your parents and you don't correct them, then you literally die looking like your parents. You die looking like your habits. Mm -hmm. So like I you was talking about accountability learning how to be accountable for that and being aware of that and then deciding now how am I going to uh, break this because as you were talking about what how you cope you cope the way you cope and then you learn a better way you can only use the tools that you know how to use right. so then then you find a better way to be able to do that so like for me one of the things that I learned to do while I was very much a long time in a traumatized state, being bullied in high school, middle school, different things of that nature was, I learned how to watch people. I learned how to be observant and see what worked, what didn't, and kind of like work on myself within isolation, but still looking and watching other people and then figuring out what works for me or even better ways of being able to go about things. 
but I realized the hard part for me was when I started to try to come back and connect with people mm-hmm. right. because then if they started to represent some of my triggers or some things that uh, happened to me like oh my gosh just I'm having a good time with this person what if this happens uh, what if they talk about me what if I tell them something and then they go tell their friends what if this happened and then all these scenarios run in your head and then you like I need to prepare for this mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. going to war or something yeah and so I had to learn, like, oh, my gosh, if I keep playing out these habits, I'm never going to connect with a person. I'm never going to be able to move forward. I'm going to be in a time loop. Every time the trigger happens, boop, back in the time loop, boop, back in the time loop. Have you came up with a, a way to, like, stop yourself from having them scenario thoughts? Uh, a lot of what I started doing was I started writing. So every time things would happen, I would write about it. Mm-hmm. I would make sure I'm documenting. I literally got in my phone. I used to text myself on Messenger, like different things that have happened uh, within my relationship or within myself, and I would just text myself uh, different things, or I would write a journal to myself, or if I, it was somebody I trusted, I would talk to them about it, and I would just keep records so that I'm able to be aware, like, oh my gosh, I'm going through a cycle again, I need to try this differently, I need to do this differently, and so that's how I figured it out, or like when I'm talking to somebody and then I feel some emotional hit, and then I'm about to do something and I act before I think about it. I'm like, wait a second, what is that? And so that's one of the things that really helped me was documenting it and turning it into poetry, turning it into the art so that I'm not just seeing it as this ugly, disgusting part of me. But hey, this can be transmuted into something. It's not all that bad. Right. Uh, one thing you said a minute ago. Right, so, so you said something that kind of made me think of, you know, like some parents overdo it on one side of the spectrum and we know they overdoing it so when we have our own kids we raise them in that way on the other side of the spectrum like 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 let's say a parent that's that's abusive they always whoop you it don't matter what you did like like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. they when they raise their kid they go on the other side of the spectrum and Usually the actual answer is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I'm, you know I'm, 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 the, I'm that middle spectrum. Word, I, 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 do, I was gonna ask you I, if you. I bring some of what I had to deal with growing up mm-hmm. into my parenting style, but then I got my version, mm-hmm. and y'all not gonna tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So I use, you know, how I was parent because you know I feel like I came out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have dealt with a lot of trauma. For sure. So yeah, I most definitely I'm in that middle. So that being said, everybody under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I've been your host, Brandon Lewis. We hope that you found this not just entertaining, but insightful. You know what I'm saying? We hope that you learned something while listening to this that you maybe didn't know when you first came in. Uh, that being said, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode. If you're in between the ages of 16 and 24 and you're wondering how you can become a part of our Stitchcast family or just a part of our Story Stitcher family in general, if you want to know where the next place we're performing at, what's the next event we're doing, if you just want to, you know what I'm saying, if you want to listen to podcasts, we encourage you to go to storystitches.org where you can find more information than you can handle. Uh, that being said, I've been your host, Brandon. Stay focused. Yo, stay inspired. Keep your heads up. See ya. And we out. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, yeah. I almost, job, I almost yeah. said bye bye. <laughs>
Stories Teachers is supported in part by the Lewis Prize for Music's 2021 Accelerator Award. The mission of the Lewis Prize is to partner with leaders who create positive change by investing in young people through music. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Stories Teachers programs is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2023, Trio Foundation, Deaconess Foundation, and the Arts and Education Council. St. Louis Stories Teachers Studio, the center, is supported in part by Cranesburg Arts Foundation as a resident organization. Thank you for listening. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.